Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of the Come to Him podcast. Dude, these are getting more and more popular. I think with Are the, they? I, th- I think them being on Sunday nights are getting a little popular. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had like three people ask for my autograph at Sam's Club the other day. Really? Yeah, it was I need like, to start going to Sam's Club more. It was weird. Like I used my debit card and they wanted my autograph. And I just figured it was because the Come to Him podcast. <laughs> that had to be it. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be it. I need to quit hanging out I, Now with that you. I think about it, I've had a few people ask for mine, too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like, uh, it when my, I like it when my wife and kids are with me. It makes me feel cool. Well, it'll be... So, it's kind of weird, though, because you have to pay them yeah. to give your autograph. And you, well, no, like, no, no, they're no, no, not no. paying like, you. I pay them for, like, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers. But then they're like, oh, yeah, can I have your autograph? Oh, yeah. That's I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. So, <laughs> Where'd you hear that joke? I don't know. I just thought of it just now. <laughs> well, I'm going to start telling it. <laughs> no, because people are. Some people that usually, like, either they don't tell me they listen or now that they're listening, they, they tell me they're listening. It seems like more people are telling me they're listening now. Okay. Well, that's cool. Like, I've even got some friends in South Carolina that listen. That's good. Yeah. Well, I was talking to my granny this morning. She listens. Uh, I think granny's been on board <laughs> since day one. Yeah. <laughs> granny's, granny's the truest fan we've had, we have. <laughs> so. I'm not worried about Granny's loyalty. No, I'm not either. How's your week been? Uh, it's been good, uh, dude. We've had really good weather. My family and uh, that right there lets me know I'm getting old. What? You ask me how my week's been. I talk about the weather. Yeah. That's old man status. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I feel like I should. It's have like more. dad status. Speaking of Happy Father's Day, uh, to our fathers out there, this is my first one with my little boy. Yeah. And so, how's that feel, dude? We went to the lake uh, sometime last week. And he played all day and didn't take a nap because he just can't take naps. I bet he was around. wiped out. Listen, we, we got in the car to come home. Aria, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Aria put it in drive, and we look back, and he's asleep. <laughs> I bet. He knocked out, I man. Bet. It was a blast, though. My kids have been, like, doing the whole, like, outside swimming thing and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. There was one day this week. Um, well, I guess I should preface this to say, like, when you live in central time, one of the things that I had to get used to here that you probably did is like it gets daylight in the summer at like five o'clock or something yes. <laughs> in the morning. Uh, so my kids have been getting up pretty early um, and then they go hard all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was one day this week that they went to bed at like 730 and it was still daylight <laughs> just because they were so tired. Yeah. They were falling asleep yeah. on the couches and everything. And and I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, uh, I don't think they've ever gone to bed that early. Dude, summers are so awesome. Like, I feel like I feel like I never grew out of summer fun. And I don't ever want to. Yeah. Like, summertime is so awesome. Yeah. You could play outside and play in the water. and. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, there were some things that I was wanting to take my kids to this summer that we can't. But I think having uh, more time at home has caused them to, like, they seem to be more creative right now as far as, like, what they're playing and doing outside than they mm-hmm. usually are. Uh, usually we have to find things to entertain them, and now they're, like, coming up with new things. The other day, um, my wife was tracing my kids on our sidewalk with sidewalk chalk, and so they were, like, coloring themselves, and they, they did all that. Well, anyway, uh, Kenzie, she's four, after she got hers done and it was, like, completely colored in, like, shirt, pants, everything – solid color she had um this uh white t-shirt on and she lays down on top of it like says and look look it matches up perfectly and then she gets back up and her whole back is just like like a tie-dye <laughs> shirt basically did she think it was cool uh I thought that no was pretty cool. well she 
so it was like one of her favorite shirts Aww. and i don't think she realized like that it was going to do that until after she did it but hopefully <laughs> it might come out it would have been funny if they'd have painted them all like white and there'd be like white <laughs> bodies all in your driveway <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty funny you pulled in like what in the world <laughs> <laughs> oh me well yeah so good summertime hope you guys are having a good summer um anything else before we get started oh, i don't think a so lot of talk i i just realized that we forgot to turn these other lights on will it make us look better no but i think it might take the glare or something off of the, i'm well, gonna go turn them on. okay go turn them on this is like very uh casual yeah yeah well there's nothing wrong with like uh i'm trying to think of what it's called like uh like producing on air. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, I, I listen to a show, and, and I listened to it before I moved to Kentucky. It's called Kentucky Sports Radio, and they do this all the time, man. Okay. You just got to embrace the mess-ups. Well, that, I People think. People like authenticity. Yeah, I think one thing, like whenever you're trying to do something like this, you feel like, oh, man, you have to be perfect on everything. Mm-hmm. But that's not real life. I've never felt like that in my life. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think for me, there's just like some pressure of like, man, we got to get it right. You're but, right. Um, uh yeah, that's not real life. No, it's not. And our our listeners appreciate authenticity, as I'm sure everybody does. Oh yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about this week. Uh, in your preaching, we're still in the Book of Philippians. We're on the last chapter. Um, and so we're starting chapter four this week. It's Philippians four, and we're just doing the first three verses. Um, um, is what you went over. And so I'm gonna go quickly over the points of this week. Uh, point number one: the church, and and we're talking about. Um, living up to the co- to the church calling, uh, to the church's calling, and so basically what the church kind of should be um, is what GJ preached about, and so the church should be a source of true relationships. Is point number one. The church should be a source of joy. Point number two, and then point number three. The church should be the source should be a source of help. Um, so yeah, uh, basically the first three verses of Philippians four. Paul writes, so then my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters. And so obviously he's calling them brothers and sisters, but there's more of a relationship there than just being like Mm -hmm. legally brothers and sisters in the family of God, uh, because it says he dearly loves and longs to be with them. Then he says, my joy and crown. And obviously, and we've seen multiple places in this letter where the church brings Paul joy. And uh, then he says, in this matter, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge you, Yodia, and uh, I urge Sintiki to agree in the Lord. And again, we were talking about how there was a disagreement there. And um, these apparently are two ladies who had some kind of disagreement. And it says, yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are in the in the book of life. And so he's urging the church to help them agree. And so the church should be uh, a source of help as well, where people, whenever they come, if there are some issues in the church, it shouldn't be like we're talking about one another and, and kind of bashing one another. It should be, we're helping one another uh, get along and grow and all those kind of things. So that's where those came from. Well, I really (coughs) enjoy uh, the the message and the theme and the points of this week. And so one of the questions we're going to ask, we're just going to, sometimes we get on here and give our ideas and, and our opinions on things or, um, or some ways to better help you guys. Um, but today, uh, with this question, I just thought we could do something personal. And it's a simple question, or what brings you joy in the church? Like I said, this church brought Paul a lot of joy, and we just want to talk about what 
brings us joy, but we also thought it'd be a good time to call one of our church members and say, hey, what is the what brings you joy uh, in the church? So we're going to call uh, Micah Thomas so right I was going to yeah, go ask you what brings you joy, and you started saying, like, well, the preaching, the pastor, and stuff, and I was like, no, nah, people... People yeah. might feel like you're you're just trying to suck up. Yeah, I don't think we had that conversation. <laughs> 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 yeah, he came to my office with his uh, world's best boss cup that he bought himself, <laughs> yeah. and he started saying, "Well, the pastor." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and call him. Let's see if All we right. can get him. This is always a risky move. It is. It is. Let's see if we can get him. Hello. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, I'm just sitting here waiting on a customer. What about you? Well, we're just sitting here and decided to call Micah Thomas to make your uh, second appearance on the Come to Him podcast. Live and in person on the phone. Uh, you're live while we're recording the podcast. The podcast is not live, but you can think <laughs> oh whatever you want. <laughs> so don't worry if you mess up or anything. We'll just edit this right out. Um, well, guys, I hate to tell you, if ratings were suffering, they're really going to suffer now. <laughs> you reached the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> well, hey, uh, in GJ's message this week, um, we discussed uh, joy and how the church should bring you joy. And so me and GJ, we haven't given ours yet, but we were talking about what brings us joy um, in the church. And we thought maybe we could ask you, what brings you joy in the church? Uh the church in general brings me joy and that by the church i don't mean the building uh the the whole concept behind it of all of us as believers coming together fellowshipping um being together but most importantly being together and worshiping christ and what he did for us at calvary that it's such an uplifting place to be especially when, uh, you know, the world is always fighting against us as believers, but in today's climate uh, out in the world, it's, it's important to surround yourself with, with other believers and lift each other up and, and challenge each other uh, because it would be easy, I feel like, to go into a cocoon right now and just let everything kind of let the dust settle whenever we really, it's a big call to action for us, I feel like right now. So it brings me joy to know that there's other people uh, in the church that that are there to, to lift me up, like you two. You know, you all challenge me uh, every day, really, because we're all in a D group together. But it, uh, it's just good to, to corporately get together with, with other believers and, and know that there's, there's just as many people out there like me uh, who believe like I do and uh, because there's so much noise coming from outside the church right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, here's a here's a random question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, <clears throat> so was there a time, perhaps, like when you were going to church, that um, maybe it, it got kind of like where you were maybe like in a rut or something, and it was just like it wasn't joyful as compared to times that it is, and and if so, uh, what do you think makes the difference between those times? I feel like that can apply to many areas of life, uh, not just church. So 
it can apply to our our work life. It can apply to our relationships at home and with friends, uh, and it can apply to the church. But um, but yes, I feel like uh, that's one way that the that the deceiver can really uh, mess with us is by making us feel like it's just a routine that it's just rituals that we have created and uh and it means nothing other than getting up and and going whenever the doors are open but i you know if i feel like if a person says they've never felt like they've been in a rut uh that would scare me more than not ever you know than than experiencing that because i feel like whenever whenever Satan is coming after you, he's going to throw everything he can at you. And that could be just one thing that he does. Uh, I know specifically, um, you can feel like you get in a rut sometimes by, um, if you're, I feel like you, from one end of the spectrum to the other, if you're not being involved enough and you're using it as just a checkbox, uh, things that you're supposed to do for the week, you can get in a rut and it doesn't seem important to you. But I also feel like you can also get in a rut if you're so involved in everything that you feel like you have to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And that might be more of a burnout than a rut, but but I kind of almost like church becomes together. a job or something like as a far job. as like yeah, exactly. not not a joy but a job. Exactly. And I feel like to be honest with you guys, I've been on both ends of that spectrum as well. Um there there's satisfaction in knowing where you can be most effective for the kingdom and plugging in there rather than feel like you've got to be involved in every single thing because mm-hmm. God didn't bless us with a, with a mind to be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like you all, uh, you all are above and beyond on that because you, you have to be so involved in everything that goes on in the church. But, um, but still yet you have your strong suits of where you really shine. And I feel like if each person within the church really hones in on what that is for them and plugs in, in that area, we would be a whole lot more effective for the kingdom than just, uh, everybody trying to do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, um, something I've kind of just observed and I'm sure we've all seen this is like people can come to the same church and have two different, completely different experiences. Like one could be like, man, this is such a joyful place to be. And the other one can be like, man, I didn't even really get anything out of that. Um, and I think sometimes, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on this or not, but I think sometimes a lot of that has to do with our own perspectives and attitudes when it comes toward church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you You know? Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that, uh, whenever you come there, you've got to be going for the right reason. Um, one thing that I have a tendency to do in my own walk with Christ is, um, I catch myself from time to time using my spiritual life as more of my counselor and I'll just be completely transparent. I'll catch myself in that sometimes. And if I don't, hit the reset button and say, wow, it has nothing to do with me and everything to do about God and, and what he did for me through Jesus on the cross. And, and, uh, if whenever I set my mind to what Christ did for me, 
my whole perspective about the church changes and what can I do to let more people know about that rather than, oh, God, what can you do for me to get me out of this rut that I'm in or get me out of this, you know, whatever situation is? Because I feel like a lot of times that's that's what people think that becoming a Christian is, is you, you're going to get a helpmate. And yes, you are going to get a helpmate in God, but it's for his glory, not for our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, man, we appreciate you uh, coming on here. I know this was kind of uh, last minute. We just pulled it on you right before we started here. But uh, anyway, I appreciate the uh, the input. We wanted to just hear somebody who, you know, it, it's one thing for people who are on staff at a church mm-hmm. to say, I love coming to church. Uh, it's another thing for a church member to say it. So uh, we just want to have a different perspective. Well, I'll throw one more thing at you uh, before before I get off. That's okay. That I, I just had a conversation with a work colleague of mine yesterday about how much my respect has uh, shifted for pastors and ministers and uh just people on staff at the church. Now I know my wife's on staff out there, but um, especially like in today's climate with the, everything that's going on in the world, you all are hearing so many different things, so many different opinions. And, and it's, it's okay for us to voice our opinions, but we've got to realize even in today's uh, climate that uh, with everything going on with viruses and, and everything, you know, the, the racial tensions that, We've got to put ourselves aside, and we've got to focus on Jesus. And as long as we focus on that, all this transition back into our way of life in the church is going to be is going to be great. Yeah, man, appreciate it. That's Micah? good stuff. Yeah, thanks, dude. We might uh might just replace me. I mean, you did great just then. Might <laughs> just get rid of me doing this. <laughs> no way, no way. I love you, JB. You're doing a great job. You stay right where you are, brother. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it, buddy. I mean, y'all take care. Take care. See ya. One thing that I really liked that he said, all of it was good, but, and just so you know, we we only let him know like 10 minutes ago what what he'd be saying or what we'd be asking him. Um, But kind of what you said, how two people can go to church and have a different experience. When when you ask the question of, have you ever been in a rut or have you ever not gotten joy out of church and and what was that like or what led to that? Mm -hmm. He focused all on himself. He didn't Mm -hmm. say, well, the church... We were going through a, a, a pastor transitional time, and, and that really didn't bring me joy. Yeah. Or, or we, we had a bad business meeting, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't get joy out of it. Yeah. It was me. Yeah. He said, when I started focusing on the wrong things is when I lost that joy. And, and I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, and I think our perspective on things can also, like, you know, if there is, let's say, somebody who comes to church in a bad mood or whatever, I, even our perspective on things can change how we – how we take that in, um, you know, we, we might label it and be like, man, those people at that church are rotten or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, and maybe if you've been coming to church at this place for years or whatever, and then you leave and think, man, I, I just don't know. But yet when you have those relationships, when you care about people, when you're going to church for the right reasons, then you can look past that and say, well, maybe they're having a rough time at work or maybe their, mm-hmm. their home is not going so good right now. Maybe, Maybe I need to reach out to them and see how they're doing. Uh, and it kind of changes our perspective from church being like all about me and what do I get and consuming everything versus what can I give and what can I pour into people's lives. Yeah. Um, 
I just think that was really good by Micah. That was yeah. good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, let, well do you want to share? Uh, what brings you joy? We can go quick because Micah I, went a I long think time. some of these are going to be the same. I I'll let so. you go first. Okay. Well, one, I think Micah mentioned one of mine is the relationships that I build in church, um, at, at specifically the, the churches that I've been at, not just this church or, or, um, or like the building itself, but but the certain churches I've been in, I've built lasting relationships like mm-hmm. that aren't that aren't fake. Um, I worked another job before I came here, and I don't have many relationships with those people. Not at a church, but at a um, a business, and I don't have many relationships with those people just because they were work colleagues. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people that I've met in church, and I know you've moved churches before, but those relationships last. I think lasting relationships really brings me joy. But then Micah kind of mentioned it. Um, also, like worshiping together. Mm-hmm. brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, and I think I've noticed that, like you, uh, me and you were talking earlier, like when you worship uh, just watching a uh, sermon online or a uh, uh, worship music worship online at home, it just doesn't feel the same joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not necessarily like a, well, you're just not as emotional because you're not there. I think it's a spiritual thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, like for me, you know, it's not like, oh, man, I'm not getting as much out of this music wise so i'm gonna like i could just get a surround sound system and things will be better or whatever like <laughs> yeah. that's it's not yeah, that's exactly. not how it works there's yep. more to that that like and that's why i think that whenever we heard the the guidelines for going back and them saying you can't sing together mm-hmm. or whatever like that's why we felt like man that's not going to be the same yeah because that's a big part of what we do. And it's not just the singing, it's the singing together. And mm-hmm. so I'm thankful that we have been able to do that in a safe way. But um, even like the the preaching of the word and, and things like that, you know, we can watch sermons all day long uh, on TV or whatever, but there's just something about taking in the word there together with your pastor with other members and seeing folks with their Bibles open and digging in and then maybe discussing it after church or, or whatever. There's just something about that corporate element, that relationship there. Yep. And so those are some things that bring me joy uh, in the church. I think for me, uh, some of the things that obviously the relationships are a huge thing. Uh, and I think uh, for most people, if you talk to them, like, why do you love your church? I read an article this week that was talking about initially the reason that people give for going to church is something like, well, I enjoyed, I enjoy how the pastor preaches. I enjoy the children's ministry. I enjoy the youth ministry. I enjoy the music. Like those will be the, maybe some of the initial things you'll hear from anybody from any church. Like, why are you going to this church? But there's a transition that typically happens several months in, and if you ask folks who have been going to a church for a year, two years, three years, why are you coming to church here? They're not going to tell you, man, the children's ministry is just great. They'll think that, yeah, but the main reason they're going to church is because of their friends. And they'll mm-hmm. say, because my friends go here. Because here, here I'll, I'll show you how this happens. So maybe let's say that somebody comes because they think the pastor's great wherever that church is, and they, they love the preaching. Then five years down the road, they're still going to that church, and the pastor leaves. They stay. Why? I thought you came because you loved the pastor. They did, but they're staying because they formed those mm-hmm. relationships, and yeah. that's what's key yeah. to them. Uh, so I think most people who have been going to church for any period of time will tell you the relationships are the main thing um, that drives them because it feeds so much of – who we are and what we need spiritually. Uh, secondly, though, I, I think that 
for me, one of the things I love seeing is how people grow in their faith. Like, uh, and this comes from just like knowing where people are and the, the stuff they go through and, mm-hmm. and how, um, how they've grown through that. And, and, and these relationships have helped them through that. And obviously, um, the learning of the word have helped them through things. And, and it's just cool to see, uh, people grow through things, but then begin to help others who are having those same experiences. Um, but then I think, you know, just in general as well, seeing the people of God come together and accomplish just ministry that we can do that separately that we couldn't do. Yeah. And I think that is a huge thing. I mean, you mentioned even to me uh, something about like spraying weeds or something. Yeah. And about how just doing that as part of the church was different than doing it at home yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it, it, it is. Doing stuff to, that, that's for the betterment of the people. Than just doing it, like I said, spraying weeds at home would be miserable. But spraying them here, it's like I'm doing this for the betterment of our people. I'm doing it so our kids can have a fun playground and don't have to worry about weeds. Yeah. Like that makes it more joyful. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that can bring us joy. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. We talked about um, point number one was that. Uh, I'm going to go shut that door because I'm hearing like. Okay. Yeah. We've got a crew here this week working on the floor. So I'm going to go shut this door. <laughs> So turn on the light, shut the door, keep it casual. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, point number one is, is talking about relationships. The church should be a source of true relationships. Um, so let me ask you this. What are some indicators that you have these true relationships? And I don't mean you personally, like what are indicators in your life, but in general, what are indicators that we can look at and say, oh, I, got, I have these true relationships? Yeah, so... You know, I think for the most part, I mean, it, just practically speaking, mm-hmm. if you're coming to church and you show up, let's say, right on time or two or three minutes late, and you're the the last one in the door and the first one to leave, that's probably an indicator that those relationships maybe aren't forming in your life. I think an indicator that they are is perhaps you want to get here early to talk to folks or stay around after it's over to talk to folks through the week. Uh, you're checking on people, seeing how they're doing. I mean, just look at what what Paul said. Again, he was separated from the Church of Philippi, and he said, uh, so then my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters. Like, he longed to be with them. And the separation was something. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know about uh, you, but if you've ever been, like, um, uh, away from your spouse for a period of time, and, uh, you know, just that, that longing that you have to see your spouse or to, to be with your family. Um, why is that? Because you care about them. And I think that a good indication of that would be like, if you miss a couple of weeks, um, just that longing to see those folks and you're like, man, I wish I need to talk to them. I need to, to, uh, reach out to them. And maybe, uh, maybe you felt that through this time. Hopefully you have, um, no matter what church you're connected to, if you haven't been able to, to go back, hopefully you've felt that longing. And, and I want to encourage you to take the initiative, like on the relationship end. Cause I think a lot of people wait and say, well, if they want to talk to me, they'll call me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And well, I haven't heard from so-and-so, uh, take the initiative yourself, you know, call them yourself, reach out to them, text them. Uh, sometimes I think taking that initiative is, is so important and going back to the idea of like an individual's attitude and, and 
what they come to church for and all that. Like sometimes just our attitudes, even if, even if we're not the most extroverted people, um, just trying to reach out and connect. But I think uh, that's a big sign that those relationships have formed is that you want to talk, but it, maybe even taking it a little bit deeper that those conversations, um, probably not with a broad range of people, but at least within a small group, those conversations turn from more of a, what'd you do this week to like, how are things really going in your mm-hmm. life? And really, um, as scripture talks about, like Christians are supposed to bear one another's burdens. You can't do that if you're just talking about the weather all the time. You can't do that if you're just, you know, talking about your kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe you can if you feel like your kids are your burden, but, you know, like bearing yeah. one another's burdens, um, there's, you got to get to those deeper conversations. Yeah. Um, I think what you said is true about <clears throat> some indicators. I think some other ones are, uh, if you ask yourself, is church, and we kind of talked about this last week, but is church like a, a chore? Is it something that I dread going to? Mm-hmm. And I think if that is the case, um, then maybe it may be because you don't have those. And so this is kind of the opposite. Look, hey, I don't have this, so I might not have true instead of indicators. But um, if, if you just dread going to church, then, then maybe it's because you don't have those true relationships. Um, I think another thing that, that comes with true godly relationships is sometimes you look at the, the relationships you build at church and you, you have to ask yourself, would I have this relationship anywhere else? And so because you can build relationships, you can build them at school, you can build them at work, you can build them on the golf course. But sometimes when I think about the church relationships that I have, I think, man, would I have this relationship anywhere else if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and the church? Mm-hmm. And for, for example, um, and I see this a lot at, at our church at Scottsville Baptist, and I'm not trying to just beef up our church, but on Wednesday nights before um, uh, COVID happened, we would, all, we would all eat together, a meal every Wednesday night, and you would see the same people eating together, but those tables were pretty diverse. You'd have a younger, younger people eating with older people and yeah. uh, single people eating with married people, and you wonder, man, would they get those relationships if it wasn't for church? Yeah. Because otherwise they'd only be building relationships with people at their work or if you're single, maybe somebody out, you know, whatever singles do. I don't know. I've been single in a while. Um, <laughs> or, or like at school functions. So then just parents, yeah. just hang out with parents. And I think it's really, you can you can really think, man, would I have this relationship if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and if it wasn't for the church? And if you can say no, then there's a good chance you, you got a true relationship mm-hmm. there because of Jesus. So let me throw something out there, kind of a question within a question here. Um. I just want to hear kind of your response to it. Um, we haven't talked about this, but so let's say that somebody is coming to a church and like they're mostly coming like just to the worship service, let's just say, and they are that person who comes like right when it starts or maybe a minute or two after whatever, like they're the last people to get their first ones to leave. They don't have really any real relationships in the church, but yet their friendships maybe outside the church they're saying, well, my friendships are still Christian, godly friendships because my friends who I work with go to church. They don't go to my church, but they go to another church. What would you say to that person like, as far as the benefits of having your godly friendships be the ones who go to your church versus maybe, and I'm not saying that we should cut out other friendships, yeah. but what would be the benefits of having those friendships in, in the church in addition to mm-hmm. those? Yeah, I think one is what I said. I don't think, I think you would enjoy coming to your church a lot more because those relationships are there. So, for instance, we've been gone for about three months uh, in out-person, out-of-person worship, like in our home worship, and people have missed seeing the people they see at church. Now, they could still see their other friends. So I think one thing is you would 
you would enjoy coming to your church better if those relationships were there. But also, I think there's a benefit in worshiping with people that you have those relationships with. Um, there are plenty of psalms that tell us that. In mm-hmm. psalms, there's plenty of uh, things that tell us that we should worship corporately together. There's actually some song, psalms that are songs to one another that we're supposed to sing to each other, that we're supposed to say to each other. Um, and I think if you don't have those relationships, you can't truly enjoy and 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 worship, not, not just yourself enjoy, but worship God fully, I think. Yeah, and I think that you have to ask the question like, are we, if we're not having those relationships in church, are we really doing what a church is called to do? Mm-hmm. Um, because that essentially is a huge part of what we're called to do as a church is have those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're called to worship together, but it makes it even more special that we have those relationships and we're worshiping together. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a huge thing. Um, all right. This, this one brings up kind of what we, uh, we may be able to mesh answers here, but uh, do we come to church to be entertained? Some people come. Some people think we come or have the mindset of being entertained. And then, when you think about what you do to be entertained, you go to ball games, you go to movies, you go to concerts. Shouldn't church be more than that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that uh, I think Micah kind of alluded to this a yeah. little bit earlier. Like you know, there are times that people maybe get in those ruts or maybe you start out as that thinking I'm going to go or maybe your routine turns it into that where it's mostly uh, entertainment and you know if you're going here's the thing if you're going to church for entertainment when your church ceases to be entertainment then you cease to want to go to church perhaps mm-hmm. uh, you know if and and that's where you get into the whole point of things like you know you're you're worried more about like how long the service lasts and looking at your watch because you're like, you know, this needs to fit in my time frame. I'm here to be entertained. It just doesn't last the appropriate length of time that I think like if it doesn't keep my attention, uh, how I think it needs to be kept kind of like a movie or whatever, then, then that's the problems with the church then. But I think sometimes the problem can be of why we're looking at going to church. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I enjoy, good music i enjoy good preaching i enjoy um you know coming to fun events at the church and those things should happen but the reason we do those things is not for entertainment Mm -hmm. the reason we do that is to one i think foster relationships through fellowship stuff like that but also like i i think that worship in heaven is going to be fun Mm -hmm. but we're not going to be worshiping in heaven to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you kind of have to be careful of uh, on two different ends. Like if you are attending a church and the main reason you're going is because of an entertainment factor, that may be an indication of a bad attitude toward why you're going to worship. Secondly, if you're a staff member at a church and your main motivation and what you're doing at your church is to provide something entertaining for people that they'll want to come and be entertained, again, that is a bad motivation for both ends, whether you're a member, staff member, however you want to look at it. The main reason we do what we do is to worship the Lord and to edify the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. Like, And if we're not doing those things, then why are we even doing any of this? Um you know, I, I really think that that what happens in the church should be a reflection, kind of a test run, if you will, of what's going to happen in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because of that, every time we come to this place, we got to be on guard that we're not coming here primarily for entertainment. Yeah, 
I think if you come for entertainment, and, and and this may be something you have to self-reflect on, you would say, of course I don't come to church to be entertained. Some of you may say, man, church is boring. I don't come to be entertained at all. I hate coming to church every Sunday, but I do it because I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you should change that mindset. But entertaining. So if you think about it, when you want to be entertained, we're a people. We've talked about this on this podcast before. We always want bigger and better and bigger and better. So if you're only coming for entertainment, the the church, the production, the staff, they can only do so much. And so sooner or later, you're going to get bored with that entertainment, and you're going to need the bigger and better next thing. Um, and sometimes that's why people move churches is because they're not getting entertained enough. Um, but also, too, when you approach church, um, a, a church service as entertainment, you have to focus on what your motives are. And if you're wanting to be entertained, your whole motive for going to church is self. Um, and that's not why we should come at all. That's that's not even why we engage in these relationships. Mm-hmm. We engage in these relationships to glorify God and to grow his kingdom and to build each other up. We, we, we should be engaging in relationships and service to glorify him. And when we, when we think about entertaining or, for instance, if we've ever said, well, the music was too loud or the preaching was a little long or I didn't really like that song or that video was cheesy, then, then we're just focusing on self. We're focusing on all preferences of self now. If the preaching is untrue or unfactual, that's something that we could test or, or, or ask about. But if we look at it as entertainment or, or what we can get out of it, we're approaching it with the wrong motives, man. Yeah, and I think that if, you know, as you – and, I, of course, we're saying this as staff members, and you could say, well, that's easy for you to say as staff members. But I think that the main thing is evaluating your own motives and – if you can say with a clean heart and a clean conscience, yeah, I'm really striving to go for the right reasons. And there is, you know, I just can't, there's nothing that edifies me whenever I go to church. Then, you know, maybe you need to, to consider um, being plugged in somewhere that you can be built mm-hmm. up and you can build up others. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that necessarily that, um, and that's another discussion for another day. But I don't think necessarily that anybody who has a thought like, man, I just don't know about how things are going, is in the, that that person's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think that uh, we have to evaluate our motives on, on all ends. You know, and as pastors for us, no, we don't want to, for entertainment to be our driving factor for what we do. But we should do everything at our best. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing that, then we're not doing it to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's that too. So, you know, if everybody is pouring in and saying, you know, pastors, church members, everybody is saying, we're coming to this place to honor the Lord. And that's going to be in how we worship, be it if I'm preaching a sermon or, or you're saying praying or Ken's leading the music. If we're, if we're doing this to please and honor the Lord, we're going to give it our best. If church members are coming to please and honor the Lord, they're going to give it their best. And if we all do that, I would I would say it would be pretty well impossible for us to leave that place without being edified and bringing mm-hmm. honor and glory to the Lord. Mm-hmm. If we come with, we all have to come with that attitude. And, um, you know, so uh, again, it takes from going from that change of attitude, change of heart to saying church isn't about me. It's about going to honor the Lord and building up one another. And when we do that together, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. Um, and uh, I was I was going to say one more thing. When, when you think about, it, you know, is church more than a basketball game or a football game or a movie or a, a play? You think about it, you do. You go to all those events to be served 
Um, there's people there actually get paid to serve you. Um, when you come to church, man, you come to do the serving. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never got joy cleaning up popcorn at a movie. Like right. I, don't, I don't throw away other people's sodas at a movie um, mm-hmm. because I don't feel like serving. It's all about me. I want to be entertained. And when you come to church, it's just a different. Uh, it, it, you're there to serve. You're there to worship together. You're there for somebody else, not yourself. And so I think we need to get in that mindset. Yeah, this was a. Um kind of an unexpected reminder of this in the middle of Philippians, but I like walking through the, you know, you get to these passages and you see like something in the middle of this. You're like, how can this apply? And then whenever you really dig into that, you see, okay, there's quite a bit that can apply here because in like three verses. Yeah. yeah, Cause they were having a disagreement Mm -hmm. and Paul in just in what he wrote um, and them reading it, you know, they're hearing that they're dearly loved. They're hearing those relationships. Uh, they're hearing that he misses them. But not only that, they're hearing that uh, they bring him joy. But they're also hearing you need to help these mm-hmm. folks. And so these were all elements that Paul was constantly reminding his churches of. And uh, we need to be reminded as well. That's good stuff. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, next week once again. Happy Father's Day. All you dads out there, and uh, hope you had a great day if you're a dad, and uh, if you're able to, be sure to call your dad, text your dad, dad, hug your dad, all those kind of things. Yep. It's important. Yeah. So uh, anyway, well, uh, it's been fun, man. It's been real. God bless you guys. You guys uh, <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> See y'all. This has been a presentation of Come to Him Ministries. We thank you for listening and hope you have been blessed. Come to Him is the teaching and preaching ministry of G.J. Farmer. For more resources that will help strengthen your faith, visit cometohim.org.